Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you are joining us for another hope-filled message. And our prayer is that you are encouraged by this powerful Sunday sermon. It's great to be here. Happy Easter, everybody. And I uh, hope you're looking forward to an awesome, awesome rest of the service. And, you know, I really believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak to us today. I think that we are not here by mistake, that we're here by design, that we haven't just come to tick the Easter box and say that we've been a good person because we came to a church service on an Easter Sunday, or maybe you are doing that. <laughs> but I just, I honestly believe that you'd have an encounter with Jesus this morning, that, that there is something for you, whether you've been coming to these Easter sort of services for 50 years or today's your first day, that God would have something for you that you'd have an encounter with his presence, that maybe you might walk out of here feeling different than the way that you walked in. Maybe so there's been some freedom that's come to your life because of the service or a word of hope or encouragement. Whatever it may be, I just, I just know that people's lives will be changed today. And when Jesus is in the mix, people's lives are changed. And he's not a God who is dead and still in the grave. He's a God who's risen, who is alive. And so we can have an expectation in his house that he could speak to us today that we could meet with our Savior face to face, and it's just so good to be here. So we're going we're gonna to get into it. I'm going to read from Luke 24, 1 to 2, and uh, you know, Pastor James has already preached a bunch of my message, so we're just going to have a five-minute message today because he's done, he's done it all for me, but now let's get into it. It says this, but very early on Sunday morning, the woman went to the tomb, and taking the spices they had prepared, they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. And so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. And then they remembered that he had said this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. And then he went home again, wondering what had happened. Wondering what had happened. I'm going to pray and then we get into it. So God, we just acknowledge your presence here today. Jesus, we thank you that today we get to remember the price that you paid and we get to celebrate that you are our risen King and our Savior and Lord, we know that grace is here for people today, that you offer freedom, love, hope, forgiveness, that your power has no end, that your rule is above all, that you are king and you're seated on the throne, and we thank you for you today. We honor you in this place, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And have you ever found yourself in a situation that you thought you had all figured out, you thought you had it all together, and then what you actually realize is in fact, this thing isn't going to plan. It's unplanned. It's not working out how you thought it would. It's not working out how you planned it would go. Or maybe you've just been witness to something that just seems absolutely impossible. Like, it's like you could never see it taking place, like you never imagined it would happen. 
like the Warriors being second on the NRL table, like you never thought you would just see that day. It's impossible. Or believing that South Africa would win the Rugby World Cup. Impossible. It's not going to happen in the name of Jesus. Impossible like all your kids behaving really well on the Sunday morning where they get Easter eggs. Impossible. It didn't happen this morning at my house. There is one child who is very lucky to be alive today. (laughs) I couldn't wait to get him into kids' church this morning. (laughs) He needed Jesus. I'm actually surprised he's not here for a double dose, you know, two services in a row. He needed it. He was walking out after the second service. He's like, see, Dad, I'm thinking, you need to get your back back up there. After what I saw this morning, you need two lots of Jesus. Impossible. Anyway, that's my issues, probably no one else's. You know, you find yourself going through life and everything has been trucking along pretty well, pretty normal, you know, as it should be. And then suddenly you're faced with the unknown. The thing that you didn't see coming. What do you do? Where do I go? I don't see a way through this. What's the answer to this? Why am I in this situation? What is this all about? You know, when we read Luke 24, we have the privilege of hindsight. We have the privilege of reading that scripture, knowing the result, knowing what had happened. But imagine being in their shoes in this very moment in history. But sitting here today, we see it as Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday. And we, this, we see the story as very possible and well planned by God and very known as to what would happen. However, in this moment for Jesus' followers, what had just happened to Jesus would have felt incredibly unplanned. In fact, impossible that it could have ever happened. And they were completely unknown as to why this has happened. You know, despite the number of conversations Jesus had had with his disciples when he was alive, we still see their dismay in this situation. And even Peter looking in, seeing the empty tomb for himself, that wasn't enough for him to understand exactly what was going on. So what do we do when things don't go the way that we thought they would? What do we do when things don't go to plan? Can we have victory even when things don't turn out the way we think they should? You know, today we get the privilege of hearing from a number of testimonies. We're just going to go to the screen now. Let's be encouraged by George's awesome, awesome story. The plan was I came to New Zealand, uh, I find a job, and in a couple of months I bring my family. Two weeks later, the pandemic starts, the, the first lockdown starts. And I was alone here. My wife was in Colombia. I, I started to feeling anxious for the first time in my life. It was, was a, a, a horrible feeling because you don't have the control. But at the same time, understand that God was in control. And God gave me this promise. If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. I think, okay, if your hand is with me, it's all that I need. So I still believe in, we talk and we pray with with my wife every day. And finally, one by one, doors open in every every aspect of my life, my my work, my, my visa, every detail, God opened a door for us. And finally, at the end of the last year, 
my wife got the visa to come to New Zealand. We were so happy. God is so good, God is amazing. When I see my, my wife coming in the airport, I say, yes, finding together after three years. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. God has been so incredible at this time. When I look back and, and see how God moves in every detail of, of this time, uh, I can see the goodness of God. I am so happy. I can express how happy I am. <laughs> and how awesome is George's story? A couple of weeks ago, I was at our South Campus, which is the campus they go to, and I got the privilege to, to meet his wife and kids. And it was so awesome because I remember meeting George soon after he'd come to New Zealand, and he just had this unknown situation of when he'd see his family again. But three years is an incredibly long time. I, when I first watched this video, I was just watching it as I was preparing the message, and I had tears in my eyes because I'm like, no, I couldn't imagine being away from my wife and kids for that long. And to see that he wasn't a man that got parked in his situation, he didn't park in the unknown, that he kept pressing forward. You know, he kept believing God for an outcome, and he was someone, he, he jumped on team, and he, he plays guitar, incredible guitarist, you know, the fingers of an angel. And uh, it's just awesome to see that God doesn't leave us in these situations when we don't know the outcome, that he's with us through it all. And you see, to the disciples, Jesus was their everything. And I can only imagine that it was what it was like when Jesus, Judas sold him out. When he sold him out and they came to take him away and they put him on trial. You know, from the disciples' point of view, that was not the plan. They, they didn't see that this is what Jesus would do. Jesus the Savior, this wasn't meant to happen to him. And it's the challenge of the unplanned moments in our lives that can be very real. But the reality of God being in those is also very real. He's not absent from them. You know, I, I honestly wholeheartedly believe in, in the fact that the trial, the cross, the crucifixion was always part of God's plan. Always part of his plan. You see, Acts 2, 22 to 24, Peter speaking says this, People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grips. See, God just isn't in the unplanned moments of our lives, but he's also in the unknown realities of our lives. You know, we find in the book of John that Mary utters these words when she arrives at the tomb to find that Jesus isn't there. She says, where have they taken him? Where have they taken him? You see, Jesus was supposed to be there, dead and wrapped in burial linen. Yet he had risen from the tomb. But as far as Mary was concerned, someone had taken Jesus. They had stolen her Lord and Savior and panic set in. So what do we do when things have an unknown outcome in our lives? When they have an unknown outcome attached to them? Can we have victory when things don't always 
go to plan and when things don't have an answer yet. Let's be encouraged by Geneva's story. So according to my parents, um, I could sing and hum tunes before I could speak. Ever since then, um, I've just always had, I guess, a love for music and for worship. My family actually has a history of thyroid goiters, which is like a growth um, of your thyroid, where it basically just does its own thing and it starts to grow. I remember just like over time, my neck was just getting bigger and bigger. That's the only way I can really describe it. And my energy was going further and further down. Fast forward to 2022, um, I'm sitting in the room with a surgeon and she says, I think it's time that we take it out after we've done some scans. Um, your thyroid's meant to be like about one centimetre. Mine had grown to about 10 centimetres. There is um, risk of things not going the way that we want them to go because they knew that I was also a singer and they knew that there was a risk if they were to remove my thyroid that um, they could do some damage. And so I was aware of that. I had had those conversations with God and I had talked to him about, look God, if, if I don't come out of this surgery with my voice, then I'm trusting you with that. Went into the surgery um, and then came out of the surgery. The surgeon ended up coming in and just saying to me, hey, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I actually um, did some damage to your laryngeal nerve. He said to me, look, I don't know the outcome of what this might look like for you, uh, but it could be a matter of six weeks to six months or a matter of never getting better. Yeah, in those unknown days afterwards, I remember expressing my freaking out uh, to people around me and my mum specifically, she's amazing. And she'd just declare by faith things over me. And um, that was a really important part for me as well. Cause by that time, you know, you're recovering physically from a surgery, but it took me putting my hand up basically and saying, I need help and I need, I need your faith to help my faith so I can do this. Now that I look back, it was almost like a testing. And yeah, in that process, I just was like, okay, God, well, as I said to you before, it still remains. Like, if this is what you have for me and it looks like my life looks different from now on, it's a different expression of um, what you've called me to, doesn't change the fact that I love you and that I'm a worshiper first. At the center of God's will is where, is like, is, it's the perfect place to be. And in the unknown, I can admit I don't know, but he knows. I remember being able to worship lead for the first time again and standing there in God's victory and realizing what he had done for me. And it wasn't about the outcome, it was always about and always has been about who he is in my life. This is my scar, and this is a daily reminder of what God has done for me, that he truly has a master plan, that even in the unknown, that I can trust that he is good and that he is faithful. Yeah, incredible story, and one of the things that struck out to me as being so powerful and what Geneva was saying, and as she's going through the unknown, she put her hand up for help. And I just want to encourage anyone out there today, if you're in an unknown situation, you don't know how, what the outcome's going to be like, you were never designed to do life alone. And that us as a church, we're always here to help, you know, and just 
want to put the offer out that after the service, after every service, we always have people standing up the front. And if you're facing something unknown, we'd love to connect with you. I'd love to see if there's anything we can do with you, pray with you. Because the truth is, you know, we may not carry physical scars that remind us of an operation or something that's happened. We might not have those physical scars, but many of us, we have internal scars that remind us that God has done something in our lives. I don't know about you, but I'm sure there's many people in this room that say they've been through things, they've been through hurt and pain, the unknown, and there can be a scar from that, and those scars can either be painful or they can be a living testimony of what God has done. The fact that He's brought us through something, that something's been allowed to be healed, and it's in those scars that there can be a powerful testimony. And I believe that today many people are going to find a hope and a freedom. You're going to have some scars healed in your lives. That, you, that there'll be some transformation take place in your unknown. You may not know the answers to the out or the outcomes yet, but in that unknown place, you can meet with your Savior. And what God has brought many people through, God can bring you through. But if there's a situation that seems impossible to God, it, it's not. That He can do something in it and through it. In John 20, 24 to 19, it says this, that one of the, one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. And they told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I don't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them and place my hand into the wound in his side. And eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. And the doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. And then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Yet blessed are those who believe without seeing me. You know, even if we need the proof, Jesus loves us that much that he would give it to us. But in the unknown of life, Jesus is making the point that you and I will be blessed if we trust our unknown future to a known God. And the truth is that Jesus being raised from the dead was not just unbelievable. Naturally speaking, it was impossible. But just as we're going to be encouraged by Craig's story in a moment, Jesus is still doing miracles today, even those of the impossible type. So let's take a look at Craig's story. So my first meeting with the specialist was uh, on a Friday. She sat there and she said, I'm really sorry to tell you this. You've got pancreatic cancer and it spread to your kidneys and your lung. They did some more tests and then they said, oh, we've got it wrong. It's not pancreatic cancer, it's actually melanoma cancer and we can offer you some treatment, but you are still going to die. The tumour had grown so large that it, there was a bulge in my side. And when I saw the surgeon, he said, if you don't have the surgery, you've got about two months to live. If you do have the surgery, you could live for up to two years. All the hope was gone. You know, in the physical sense, there was no hope. It was finished, it was over. There was a... A time when I was praying, you know, just saying, God, what, what's the point of all this? You know, why 
why is this happening? But I just felt like God said to me, you will not die. And it, it was really hard because it's like, but all the evidence says I will die. There was a real battle of faith as to, okay, I believe you've told me that, but at the same time, it's the, the evidence is not there. So that, that was a real struggle for me. So I went and had the surgery and I woke up from the surgery, which was fantastic. And they said it went better than they expected and they got more out than they expected. I was feeling a lot better. And he said that the thing is that the treatment we've given you doesn't make you feel better. And he looked at his computer and he's like, hmm, that's interesting. And I'm like, interesting, good, I hope. And he's like, well, I, I can't explain your results. He said they're, they're quite miraculous, was the word he used. And he said, well, there's been no regrowth. There's no new cancer. The only thing is something on your lung and we don't know whether that's cancer or just scar tissue from the tumour, but it's not growing and we're basically not worried about it. We'll keep an eye on it, but we're gonna stop your treatment permanently. I'm afraid you'll have to go back to work and plan for your retirement. The big thing that I've learned out of the journey that I've been through, you know, Jesus, once said to his disciples, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. It's not about us, it's all about God. And just with a word, yes, God, then it allows him to move. There's so many times just in this journey where I was told it's not possible. It really just comes down to you know, trusting God and realising that he's got a plan even when we don't understand it. I was chatting with Cave, uh, Craig a couple of weeks ago and he was just telling me how so many people have come up to him and been saying, oh, you must just have such incredible faith. You must be such a great man of faith and he was like, you know what, I, I don't know if I am a man of great faith, but I can tell you I was a man who was just desperately holding on to God when I was facing something impossible. And I think it's such an encouragement for all of us is that we may not necessarily feel like we can muster up the great faith when we're facing the impossible, but we can all desperately hold on to God when we're in the middle of a challenge, when we're in those unknown and unplanned moments. When it feels like the storm is raging around us, we can all take hold of Jesus. A God who is alive, a God who is present, a God who is with us, and a God who is for us. And we can all have victory because of what Jesus has done on the cross for every single one of us. And there's a power available to you and I today. And the power is found in the name of Jesus. Matthew 19, 26, in the message version of the Bible it says, Jesus looked hard at them and said, no chance at all if you think you can pull it off yourself. Every chance in the world if you trust God to do it. I love that. It's awesome. Sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, there's so many things you try and do in your own strength and your own ability. 
or we can find ourselves when we face things that are impossible, seemingly impossible, those are the moments that we need to grab hold of God. The God who can do it. The God who can make a way. The God that can see a good outcome come from a challenging situation. We can place our trust in Him. You know, today is a special day. Resurrection Sunday. The stone has been rolled away. Death has been defeated. The curse of sin has been broken. He is risen. Our risen Savior. And I don't know about you, but today I have so much to be thankful for. You know, when I reflect on my own life and I see how He's been there in my unplanned, impossible, and unknown moments, I can't help but be thankful for today. From dealing with the realities of having an absent father in my life, I know many of you know my story, but I didn't meet my real dad, my birth dad, till I was 18 years old. And then when you become a dad yourself, Well, I didn't have the most normal upbringing, so how am I going to do this well? Carried the fear of being a bad dad, of how am I going to do this? What should I do? And Jesus was in it with me. To the challenges of having to face being sexually abused as a young boy by a family member. And what it means to have to outwork those challenges in your life and the pain that's associated with having to walk out the journey to find freedom. I know that pain, and I know the freedom on the other side of it because Jesus has brought me through it. Well, the challenges of IVF that my wife and I have had to face. I remember the day that I was just sitting in the car and the doctor called me, told me, hey, the problem's yours. In a nutshell, he's like, the problem's yours and you've got less than a 5% chance of being a dad. And I remember just crying. And I I don't know how people do it when you don't have Jesus to hold on to. Because that's who I cried out to. And what seems impossible, God, you've done it for so many others, you can do it for me. And our road may not be one that I planned. It wasn't how I thought it would go. But we are now blessed with three incredible children. The first one through IVF, the other two absolute miracle babies. And I'm done at three. <laughs> we had three boys. We went for the third, believing it was a girl. No, okay, I'm done. I'll have, I'm going to have three beautiful daughter-in-laws. But more importantly, all of that, when I reflect on what today means for me, it's It's the forgiveness of my sins, of my mistakes and my errors, more so than the the breakthrough in those other areas that I talked about, as meaningful as they all are. The most important thing to me is that there is a God who has saved me, a God who has set me free. And I I don't know about you, but have you ever thought about the mistakes that you've made in life and the sin in your life and... (laughs) What it would be like to have to carry that for the rest of your life and live out of that place? I mean, I was a young guy that was, oh, you know, I'd stolen. I mean, I'd tagged up every alleyway fence and upper hut with all sorts of things when I was growing up. Party lifestyle, sleeping around, booze, drugs, pee, 
all that sort of stuff. And Jesus has forgiven me, that he's wiped that slate clean. Like if you imagine if there was a whiteboard up here and you just scribbled all my mistakes on it, that because of today, because Jesus conquered the grave, that if I call upon his name, he just goes, fresh start. I've covered these, that I conquered the grave to wipe these away. Jesus has been with me through it all and he will be with me through whatever comes. You know, 1 Peter 2, 24 says he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. And by his wounds, you are healed. Because of today, Resurrection Sunday, you can be healed, you can be made whole, your sins can be forgiven. You can walk out of this place, this building, with hope, with grace, with freedom, with love, with forgiveness, with a purpose, with a plan. Despite the ups and downs that are going on externally in your life or internally in your heart and your mind, that Jesus can be with you through it all. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I trust you're encouraged by this incredibly powerful word. You know, you've always got a place to call home here at Life, and I want to encourage you to join us in one of our campuses in Auckland or Tauranga, or why don't you join us at Church Online. To find out more about life and to stay connected with us, why don't you visit lifenz.org.